0: Canes fam, welcome to another All Canes Radio podcast. Uh, myself, Platon, Alex and Drake is here with the man, the myth, the legend, Harry Rothwell.
1: We're at the store, but we're missing our uh, other uh, trio, partner trio. Yeah,
0: our compadre, uh, Brian Monroe, while he did um, volunteer to... Uh, join us via Zoom uh, from the bathroom. Uh, we decided against that. <laughs> I, think and we, I
1: think we could, we start over and not
0: do that part. I can <laughs> say that he's under the weather okay? No, no, it's fine. No, you want to go to the yeah. bathroom thing? So, so, um, he he's so he's so dedicated that he was willing to do it. But um, we we told him to, get to rest up and get ready for next week's show. Uh, he definitely didn't want to miss this week's guest. Uh, Mike James, former Miami running back and NFL running back on the show today. Mike, how you doing?
2: I'm great, man. How are you guys?
0: Good, Mike. Great to see you. It's been a little while, but uh, we've definitely had you on the show before, live from Sandbar, Shake Shack. And Shake Shack, probably... yeah. He, he,
1: had a, he had your son with yeah. you, I think, at the time.
2: How yeah, old is he now? Yeah. Like six? Uh, eight. A, oh, wow. my goodness. Wow.
1: Wow. That was yeah, just a moment ago then. <laughs> I think he was just, like, yeah. in your lap like a one-year-old at the time. So it have been yep. seven years ago, I guess. Yeah, now do. I got two,
2: two boys now. Two boys.
1: Congratulations. That's a, that's how, a
2: handful. I know how you
1: feel. You. How old's the youngest
2: one? Yeah. Uh, four. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, so four
0: and eight. Actually, that's going to be basically the difference. I've got a five and a one so uh oh yeah I've got I've got a good I've got that what's what's the what's the toughest part about the about the two boys in that age difference what would you say
2: um they're pretty they're pretty good with each other but the youngest he he jumps on my oldest all the time he gives him no room to breathe so (laughs) just trying to keep my youngest to understand hey man your brother's a little bit older he needs a little bit of space and time to himself to do his thing so you know, so just trying to separate them at times because my youngest love is oldest so much.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I see that already with mine. The one year old's always on the five year old's back and just in, yeah, in, in whatever he's doing, he wants in on it. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Some some frustrations come of that. But, um, yeah. Mike, thanks so much for for joining us. We you know, we want to get into a lot of different things with you today. Obviously, what you're up to now, your days as a hurricane and, and your thoughts on. On the program, but let let's start with what you're up to now, because you've been up to a lot uh, recently, yeah. and, and you sort of uh, uh, became a trailblazer in in the world of uh, marijuana and using that as as a uh, for medicinal purposes. Tell tell the audience where you are with that, and, and actually, how did it even start?
2: Yeah, well, um, I've I've made great strides uh, since I kind of got into the cannabis industry. Uh, medically uh, when I was in the NFL uh, my last year in Detroit uh, I was going through a lot of concussions uh, my previous to that I had broke my ankle my rookie year I had developed a dependency on opiates and wasn't a candidate now to take antidepressants or anything that was more harmful to my to my health you know so I opted out uh, of that option for the antidepressants and things like that and just went with a more holistic and wellness approach. Um, we're using cannabis, uh, cognitive, um, cognitive therapy, behavioral therapy, and vestibular therapy as a wellness program to kind of put me in a position where I need to be to live a, a prosperous life after football. So um, challenge the league on their policy, and that policy is what you see today now with the league allocating millions of dollars towards cannabis research and all those things. I, You know, I would, you know, Love to take credit, but it was so many other people that helped uh, push that forward. You know, um, Eugene Monroe, uh, he played uh, at Virginia, a rival and you know, ACC guy, but um, he was another trailblazer in the league that helped push things through. So I was one of the kind of the end guys to kind of see it, to get it to a medicinal point. And that part laid me in a career where I lobbied and spoke for a few years after I retired, uh, just trying to keep myself together. And then now in a position where me and Rohan, we're doing a lot of Rohan Marley. Uh, we're doing a lot of great things together. Um, now started this business lion order, which is a, a brotherhood. that him and Ray started actually as roommates at the university of Miami, which is, was such a sweet deal to be a part of and learn that story. And, you know, really get to know those guys and spend time with them. Cause you know, like we talked about earlier, I play, you know, recent, more, more modern than they did. So, um, Right now, we launched Lion Order. Uh, we have chocolates and uh, cannabis medical marijuana line. Detroit, California, and a few other states uh, coming up, and hopefully in Florida soon. We're just doing some different things. I'm the vice president of that and business development, so it's been good.
0: How did that Lion Order start, and I guess what what what's the point of it, or or has it morphed from when Great Ray plus. and Ray Lewis and Rohan started it to what it is today?
2: Perfect. That's why I wanted you to ask that. That's why I didn't get into <laughs> it too much. So um, Ray and Ro, you know, of course, they were roommates. Uh, Rohan was a linebacker. Ray was a linebacker. Uh, they was in the room together. Um, of course, you guys would be seeing footage on all these things, you know, a, a nice uh, documentary on all these things. Uh, they were roommates together. <clears throat> you know, Ray coming from, Boyan well, come from Polk County, Central Florida, against the University of Miami. It's, a, you know, a culture shock. And, you know, Rohan being a, you know, the international and cultural person he is being experienced so much, he uh, really joined forces with Ray and created a brotherhood called Lion Lord And really, really was. But, you know, he would talk to Ray before the games, you know, getting, you know, getting this mindset understanding understand the mindset of being a Lion, you know, something that uh, Rohan, that Bob, Rohan's father, uh, taught him, you know what I'm saying? So he passed that along with uh, Ray and they became, you know, super close. And as Ray went on to play in the league, Rohan would call him before games. You know, they would have long talks about what Lion order means, what this brotherhood means. And when you go out on the field and when you're saying line order to yourself, it's a mentality and a certain brotherhood and livelihood that you live by. So into that, that parlayed, Ray took that relationship and developed that with Michael Phelps and Amada Stoudemire and, and a bunch of other predominant sports people and um, – that kind of form line order. Then from that, you know, of course, Roe being a business minded person, he is we creating uh, Marley Coffee and building that to the multi million dollar organization and business that that it is now. Getting to the cannabis industry and now trying to um, take that same mentality and that same understanding of brotherhood and unity defeats adversity and put that into the modern medicine world.
0: And you know, you've got a couple years difference uh, between yourself and Rohan and. And, uh, More than and, a couple, I think. Uh, I, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> More than a couple. But I'm, I'm trying to keep everyone young here, Harry, because I, I, I could go after you, you know. Well, well I am old. Yeah. I'll admit that, okay?
1: Bro's a young soul, man. But, <laughs> young soul. I mean, he's uh, a my Palmetto Panther reverend in, in uh, Rohan, but he's a little bit older, okay? <laughs> Not a little bit, okay? okay? But, but
0: Mike, how did you wait, end wait, up? Wait, wait,
1: wait. Mike was born in 1991.
0: Yeah, no, No. I know Okay. Yeah, ninety one. So
1: Rohan was playing. He
0: he was a linebacker for the U at that time. So yeah, or right, actually, right after maybe, a couple a of years a little, after. Yeah, a yeah. little bit after. You're right. But but how did you how did you get then in touch with Rohan? How did that? I mean, where did that uh, relationship start?
2: Well, it's kind of like um, you know when I came to Miami. You know, you're told that you know this is a family. You know, you really don't. You really don't grasp that until you really leave you know, and you really understand that it's really a family. Um, Rohan had his people reached out, you know, to my people. And, uh, you know, I just went over to the house, chatted with him, spoke up, talked to him a little bit about what I had going on, what he had going on. And honestly, we became friends first and then business partners after. So um, that's kind of how that came about. So any recruits out there listening, listen. You come to the University of Miami, it's a family. You know what I'm saying? We take care of each other. And when you leave, you know, it continues to be a family. So, you know, it, it was, you know, when I, when I seen him, you know, at that point I've never been around Rome, you know, I, I haven't had a chance to meet him, you know, he's been doing his thing in his life and I've been doing mine, of course. And now that we finally had a time to sit down and really talk and really get to know each other, you know, we talked about basically, I should have played back then with them. I would have loved it. You
1: know? <laughs> well, you know, you know, Mike, we've had a lot of guys on this year. We, this past weekend I was out at uh, paradise camp, um, and, and the brotherhood you talk about is just so strong and, and it, it's yep. everlasting, you know, and it was, it was interesting. I was, mm-hmm. I was watching Jalen Phillips talk with, you know, uh, Calais Campbell and you just see this, you know, like you said, bond and friendship and brotherhood that even though you're five, 10, even 20 years, 30 years apart, because you right. be- played for the university of May football team, you are yeah. family. And it really is true. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we've had Rohan on before, and we know how strong he is in that, and, you know, Ray, and, and they really do believe that. And, and I, I think that yeah. a lot of players talk about how we're unique to other teams, and other teams are jealous of that brotherhood. But it really is true, and, and we've seen it, and we've heard yeah. it from every one of the players we've ever interviewed.
2: Yeah, don't be jealous. Just come to Miami. Just
1: don't <laughs> be jealous. Don't be a hater, right? Yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs> what, what
0: What about What about – ray off the field i mean you've been dealing with them is there that is there that intensity what is he like off the field you know you everybody knows that ray lewis on the field the, the pep talks the the intensity yeah. he played with what is he off the field
2: well i mean he's he's honestly the same way i mean it, it's crazy i, I would, say, I would think is, nothing I,
1: less i mean i think anything he did, yeah he would a, do 100 i give you
2: a funny story because you might because you guys are my guys we was on a zoom call a business Zoom call maybe about 20 to 30 people and Ray gave a speech and literally everybody on the call was just, you can, you can hear a, a mouse peeing in the room. I mean, we was, everyone was quiet, ready to go run through a wall. So, I mean, he really lives that. I mean, he lives the, the lion order creed. He lives what he stands by that intense Ray Lewis. I mean, that is him 24 seven, you know?
0: that That's really neat that, you know, you got a guy from a, a, a little bit, older of a generation or two guys from a little bit older of a generation at least a generation okay, let's be honest. Yeah, at okay, least a generation. generation 10 years right going into yeah. business together I mean that, that that's that family and you talked about that family Mike what about how did that family how was that in the locker rooms because you you had a good NFL career okay it was it was shortened by injuries but when you were in the yeah. ball game I mean you, you were averaging 4.2 yards a carry like this in the yeah. NFL That that's no small mm-hmm. feat how is that family atmosphere in the locker room or going up against former Hurricanes uh, on Sundays?
2: Oh, man, it's the same. I mean, um, I can tell you uh, when I, honestly, when I got to Detroit, it was, it was rough for me because I was looking, looking, trying to find a Miami hurricane. And then when I got there, I was happy that Thurston Arm yep. Bristol was there. And it just so happened that when Thurston came in, I was Thurston's mentor at Miami when he came. So, when I got to Detroit, I was kind of terrified because first of all, I never really been in snow like that. I'm from Florida. <laughs> yeah. I went that's to not an easy
1: thing to get over, is it?
2: <laughs> right. I played at Tampa for four years and then I had to go to Detroit. Now, now I'm what 24, 25 years old, 25 years old. And I'm like, I can't believe this. So I get there and it was so comforting to see Thurston there, even though he was younger than me, you know, it was like to see another family member, to see another brother there, it made things so much better. It made the transition so much smoother. So even having that, those little things of just being able to see each other, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, there's a guy here on the roster that played at Miami at some point. I know I'm going to be okay, you know what I'm saying, when I get there. So, I mean, it's it's an amazing – it's an amazing feeling. And, you know, it's something that, like I said earlier, um, when I when I first got to Miami, it's something that, you know, you hear it and it's kind of cliche, but when you leave and you go out into the big wide world you leave Coral Gables and you really understand that, man – University of Miami is, is a special thing because we're, we're a small school, you know, like as in um, student student population-wise.
0: Yeah, student alumni. It, we don't compare to a Florida or a Florida State that's Ohio pumping – right. or an Ohio, Ohio State, State that's pumping out, you know, 10,000 graduates a, a year, um, and we're right. pumping out, you know, two, three. Uh, so definitely a, a difference there. Do you remember, you know, going up against a hurricane on the other side of the ball, getting tackled by – by by you know a, a big time hurricane. Did they did you feel maybe they, they let up on you a little bit or, or was it the same intensity or <laughs> any you know do you take it easy on your opponent if you know he's he's a full Well, Kane? What you do
2: is I mean we at Miami, I mean that's the thing. We was since since we stepped on Green Tree, we've been taught to compete. So I mean that's something that is hard to turn down. But I mean you make sure your brother don't get hurt. You take you make sure your brother can play a few more years and get it, get paid and get his check and we can keep our streak going in the NFL so we make sure we take care of our own but I mean it's hard not to compete because we've been doing that for so long so
1: when you were on Green Tree okay and you were running practices stuff like that which guy did you not want to run to
2: oh man I would <sighs> That I, I, I mean, you know what? I would say the one of the best defensive players I played against when I while I was at Miami was Sean Spence. Yeah, he's- and I mean, Sean would strike you. Sean was quick. I mean, of course, I could protect myself, but I mean, <laughs> Sean Spence was—he 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 was the man. Yeah. And then and then as when Sean left, and then I was over to Denzel. Was absolutely the, the hard, the hardest hitter, or yeah, the man the you don't want to hit. could Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: He's he's a little bigger than Sean.
2: Yeah, he is. He is, man. But I'm telling you, man, Sean Spence is Sean Spence is one of the, well, one of the best linebackers well, I've ever seen. Well,
1: your business partner Rohan, for the little guy that he was, he could lay the wood down. Pretty oh hard, man, you
2: know? Rose and Lion, man. Yeah, Come he, on. he Come is on. like Rose a lion. big
1: lion. Yeah, he, he it was really amazing <laughs> to watch yeah. him play.
2: and he played. Go ahead.
0: No, no, sorry. Go ahead.
2: You no, know, i just say you play with so much spirit
0: yeah and and imagine the you know rohan ray just the linebackers back back then obviously but mike when you started your career you actually had to you had to sit a little bit you started at fullback um and, and then you had to sit behind damian berry and 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 uh lamar miller you know i feel like you took one for the team uh moving to fullback at least for for that first year uh, why was it was it your chance to get on the field as opposed to red shirting, because a lot of guys, especially nowadays, won't necessarily do that.
2: Right. So that's, it was, it was, uh, it's amazing you asked that because it's an interesting story. So uh, coach Whipple, uh, one of my favorite OCs, he was a great play caller. He, um he came to me, Patrick Hill got hurt um after the Virginia tech game. And he came to me, he was like, Mike, you know, we can move a tight end to fullback, you know, right now, Lamar was red shirted and I was playing on special teams and he was like look you can play right now but I was around like 218 like 215 218 he was like look you can go and play fullback he was like you know in Miami you know this, this how they kind of did it before you and that, I mean that's something I didn't know he was like Willis played it and you know these other things so when he kind of told me that I was like look you know what I got to do you know and then we went to practice we did went through the things we needed to I learned how to I went through the process of learning how to really fit up and block and do the things I did. And my first start was against Oklahoma. So, I mean, if you can go back and look at the tape, I had a real good game at fullback in that game. And I think J.J. went for like uh, 135. So, it was, it was a good game. We won the game. We beat Oklahoma at home. So, it was good. So, you know, I just – I took on the task as, you know, of course taking it for the team. But i seen it as an opportunity. You know, I can get on the field. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't hurt to show teams I can block. It doesn't hurt to show – Teams I can, you know, get out here and I'm versatile. And I was able to get the ball in my hands. I was still able to play deep on kick on return. I played 10 games. I started, I think I started nine or something like that. And, I mean, I enjoyed it. So, I mean, if I can go back and do it again, I go back and do it again and probably take a little bit more pride in and um, really try to be a better fullback than what I did. Because, I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, understand, like, all right, I'm at fullback. I'm playing fullback. That's a chance to be maybe a freshman All-American at fullback. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with obtaining that accolade. So sometimes as athletes, we sometimes maybe not play the things we want to play and see it as a knock. But I was still at one of the or the biggest school in the country, opportunity to be on the field. And I seen it as a great opportunity. So I took it.
0: You you were recruited by uh, Randy Shannon's staff, right, Mike? And and then, you know, you, you had to deal with that transition of Randy being let go and then Al golden being hired how difficult was that uh transition and 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 did it ever cross your mind to transfer uh when the coach that that recruited you uh was let go
2: yeah well um that that's a that's a great question because it was such a uh, such a mystic time during that time because when coach Shannon recruited me at two great years coach Shannon, I love coach Shannon, Coach Robinson, uh, Coach Whipple, the whole nine. I mean, and then when Coach Golden got hired, um, it wasn't because of Coach Golden I was thinking about transferring. It wasn't because of University of Miami I was thinking about transferring. It was because of playing time or anything like that. My mom had passed that December right when Coach Shannon got fired. So it was kind of – it was so rocky and kind of murky for me that I just didn't know what I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? It was – it was such a trying time. You know, my mom was my only parent, you know, and, and then on, I was kind of on my own. So with Coach Golden coming in, I wasn't looking at it from a football standpoint. I was kind of trying to figure out if I needed to still be in Miami or somewhere else for my for me, for me to be mentally healthy, you know. So when Coach Golden um, them came in, also, I don't know if a lot of people know, we had self-imposed was going through a line. Well, a lot of people do know. Well, people that follow the program, um, we had the you know Shapiro thing going on, and you know we had self-imposed, and we had a chance to go to the AC championship my senior year, and we didn't get to go. So there was a lot, a lot of things going on um, between the transition between Coach Golden and Coach Shannon. So I mean, me personally, for the school, for the team, you know, um, Coach Golden, you know with so much respect to him being a, you know, Penn state guy and, um, you know, just they doing so they doing things differently at Penn state culturally. And just even the guys that go to Penn state, usually, you know, we, we're different. We were different kind of kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Notre Dame the same way, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, that coming in and being a leader on the team and have guys that a lot of us Shannon guys, you know, trying to mesh well in this new thing. So, I mean, the, the thought of transferring came up, but it wasn't because of the school or playing time like that, all because of personal reason. And, you know, Coach Golden was a great coach. You know, he, he did a lot of great things for me personally and helped me – helped my career and helped me to be the best back and athlete, student-athlete I can be. So, I mean, that, that transition was – it was really hard for the school, really hard for the program. But, you know, I'm glad to see now that we're on heights of getting back to where we're supposed to be because, I mean – not going to the AC championship for me in my senior year that was devastating. I mean, it killed me because we had a chance to play Florida State again. You know what I'm saying? And then if we beat them, we had a chance to go to the Orange Bowl to play Northern Illinois. I mean, so I mean, it's like for the program, it was devastating. Personally, it was devastating. So, you know, I'm glad to see the, the program on the trajectory now where it needs to be, and we out of any sanctions and you know, playoff bound. That's what I'm thinking.
0: What what was the toughest part culturally? Like where do you where, you know, you talked about Coach Golden and potentially his staff coming from Penn State and and it's different up there. I mean, it's the Northeast. Miami yeah. is a, Miami's Miami's yeah. a Miami's a different country, let alone a city. I, I mean, everything's different, yeah, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. So so what was what did you see as the 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 toughest um uh issue to kind of overcome from a cultural standpoint when when the new staff came in?
2: Well, um Coach, you got to think about it. Coach Shannon, he he played at Miami. Not only did he play at Miami, he's from Miami. Uh, he coached there, won a national championship coaching there. So it was he understood it through and through. He understood us children through and through. I mean, I came from a one a single parent household. You know, you know, drugs, lower income. Coach Shannon understood all of this. I mean, he he had a whole grasp of when we came in and how to treat us culturally, how to treat us, how to treat our parents, how to treat us as individuals. I mean, and, you know, no offense to Coach Golden, but, you know, coming from Penn State, coming from New Jersey, Dylan Bosco, he comes from a different background, culture. you know what I'm saying? And that, that can kind of make conversations tough, you know, when you dealing with, you know, any kind of kid from a lower-income community that's from Florida, you know, wants to go back home maybe, he wants to, you know, and Coach Shannon. He understood that. So, I mean, those, those intricate things where when it comes down to just having a coach to say, hey, i like, I mean, take Mark. You know, Mark comes from a different background, of course, ethnicity and everything like that. But he played at Miami. He'd been around guys like that. He, 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 he spent time with him, He ate dinner when he went to the house. So when he came back to Miami to coach, it's a no-brainer. He knew how to culturally connect with the kids. You know how to, and the same thing with Manny. I mean, Manny's from Miami. He understands what these kids been through, how they how they breathe, how they go about things, what they think about. So, and and that's really big when it comes down to recruiting. Make sure the kid has the best four or three years that they have in Miami.
0: You know, uh, Mike. A lot of people, I don't know if they blame Coach Golden for things, but. Uh, you know there 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 is some negative sentiment towards him uh, and what you depicted I mean he came during a difficult time with sanctions yeah. And, yeah, and all yeah. of that you can't blame do, do, do you mm-hmm. feel he gets a little bit of the short end of the stick I mean to be honest I I think that if he and and I admire him in one sense and I don't in the other but if he had just let his yeah. good buddy um D'Onofrio go he probably would have had another year or two to try and turn the yeah. turn it around. Do you think yeah. coach Golden gets uh gets the short end of the stick from his from his days at Miami?
2: I mean, I, I love AG, you know what I'm saying? Like I I, I mean, we've had so many talks and we've spent a lot of time together, you know what I'm saying? Just as a captain on the team and I, and I do think people don't take in consideration all the things that he had to deal with. I mean, just just being him, just coming from Temple, just coming from Temple where the expectations were different and coming to Miami now where the expectations are a lot higher. They're a lot greater, you know what I'm saying? And not saying that he wasn't equipped or ready for the job or Blake didn't do an awesome job with his hires, but it's just when, when he, when he come in when he, when he comes in and there's so many things that he has to deal with outside of coaching football, you know what I'm saying? The, the, uh, like I said, the cultural things, uh, the Shapiro things, the sanctions, you know, trying to now, understand us recruits that came from a whole different era now that he got to now recruit in a new different, in a new state where he's from Pennsylvania and recruited to Pennsylvania for so long and, you know, went to school there and things like that. So I do think he gets the short end in a mistake when it comes down to people taking into full consideration of what he had to go through. You know, I mean, I probably take it differently because I spent more, more time with him. I seen his family. I spent time with his kids. You know, I had dinner. You know, dinners with him. So you know I probably feel a lot different. And even when I got to Detroit, he was coaching there tight end. So, you know, I got to spend time with him. So I mean, this will, and I got to spend time with an athlete left Miami. So, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of different personal conversations that we had to have to have. So if I can defend him, I would say, yeah, he gets the short end of the stick. And you know, you have to take in consideration that shit, I mean, oh, sorry. Okay. Coaching at Miami. Right. Oh, coaching at Miami is a is a is a is a, is a tall task, man. The coaching at the University of Miami is not some that's you know that should be looked upon as an easy thing to do it's, it's very hard you know I mean it's the best school in the country so I mean it's it's something that when you're asking someone to come in and take on and coach young men and take on the things that he did you know I have to give say you know I have to give him his credit you know for what he did do because it did have a good year when they beat Florida at home they went on a yep. ten win season and you know unfortunately they had some some rocky rolls after that but you know they did you know have some strong teams you know.
0: Mike you were a leader um, of of at least the last couple of years of of your tenure that we know of because you won awards and and that sort of stuff but you you were a leader of of this team I, I mean how do you? How did you become that leader? And it's obviously in you. You you could just tell from how you speak. I mean, the the one thing I always if anybody ever says Mike James to me, it's you know the first thing that pops in my head is Mike James smile, right? And and that yeah. big smile you have, and you've always got that smile on you. But you know, you, you were a leader of that team. What is it? it was that something that just kind of naturally came to you? Because you hear a lot about teams that don't have a, a leader from the players. And those are a lot of times the teams that aren't as successful because, you know, it, the coaches can, can only do so much.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, you have to have leaders and multiple leaders in the locker room. I mean, when I, you know, when I was there, I led, you know, amongst with others, uh, Brandon Lender, um, Brandon McGee, you know, Stephen Morris, Philip Dorsett, Duke, even though he was young, I mean, real, real Shane McDermott, real leaders that, you know, that really helped me do what I needed to do. I mean, I think how I became a leader is just, you know, my work, you know, I think everybody in the building, you know, from top down, from trainers to my teammates, to the coaches, to my teachers, to my professors, everybody at the school, they respected my work. I mean, I, I cared myself the same way every day. Um, I didn't let anything dictate uh, how I worked, no matter what I was going through. I mean, and, anybody at Miami can attest to that cuz I went through a lot of things there. I mean um I worked, I came in every day and you know as time came on, you know, people, you know, they they respected what I did. They seen how I showed up every day and you know my my teammates, you know, as respecting and I got so much love for them they appointed me to be these things, you know, they kind of pushed me to be these things when it was time to uh maybe get things done or you know, be in the forefront of things. I, I didn't shy away from it, you know, when it came down to summer conditioning or doing this or doing that, or if it's something need to be done, whether it was blocking or I wanted to be the first one to do it. So I think that's how you become a leader, you know, just saying, Hey, you know, speaking on my freshman year, there's something that need to be done. Just know you can call on me to do it. And, you know, if anybody, speaking of the, the great leaders that's been at Miami, I mean, I just took heed to the things that they did over the years and, you know, worked, listened to Sways, listened to coach Hurd and, Coach Shannon about you know what it took to be a, a a guy at Miami and lead young men. So that's what I just you know did every day and let my work spoke for itself.
0: When was a moment? Do you remember a specific moment where maybe you had to step up and either get in someone's face or or get in front of the team because you know the, the performance was lacking or what what, what was that moment uh, do, that you may remember?
2: Um, I probably it probably the, the, I mean the moment that I can remember. Um, it was my sophomore year, and it was going into my junior year. It was bowl game. We was playing at El Paso. Of course, my mom, my mom's funeral was on the same day as the game, and um, I, I my teammates really didn't expect me to be there. They didn't expect me to play, you know, not unless, I mean, let alone show up, play, suit up, you know, and try to go out there and help us win a game, you know what I'm saying, you know, let alone, you know, my hate for Notre Dame. But – To say the least, you know I showed up because, you know I mean I love my guys, I love my team. I mean that it goes without saying I love my mother, and for personal reasons, you know of course I couldn't, I didn't you know I didn't feel the need to be there at the time, you know so I chose to and I elected to play in the game. So, I mean that day, you know I got there and I you know I spoke in front of the team and it was you know a good conversation. You know I let them know that you know I appreciate all their support you know but i was here to do my job and you know um i came to miami for for you know a lot of reasons and my mom sent me here to to finish what i've started you know in a lot of different sentiments so um i was there you know to do my job you know and i think that kind of prepared me and pushed me into a a more of a leadership role because you know a lot of backs were leaving me and lamar became you know the two guys then and um my team had understood that, you know, if anybody would do anything to be there with them, I had showed them that I would be there. So, you know, they they entrusted me and still they trusted me. And I took that with uh, I took that with with everything I had in.
0: You know, you mentioned Lamar, you had to play behind Damian Barry. Uh, then you then you had to sh- share time with Lamar. Lamar leaves. I mean, were you telling him, hey, because because he, he left early? Are you are you telling him, hey, Lamar? Yeah, you know what? It's a good idea. You you, you should go. Uh, no offense, but but you'll be all right. Uh, you know, go give give me one year by myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, I didn't mind. I didn't mind when, when he left. <laughs> I didn't mind. I mean, it gave me a chance to. I mean, but you know, if anybody will tell you coming to Miami, they'll tell you you're going to split time at running back. I mean, Willis was really one of the only running backs that had. <laughs> a whole year to him, whole to itself, And, he, I mean, he went crazy with it. I mean, but you're going to split time. I mean, every back here had a split time at some point. Even David, he split time with Lamar. Yep. And we, they and I split time that year, and Coop split time. I mean, and Lee Chambers, and we had a lot of guys on the roster. I mean, that's just what it is when you come to Miami, you know, you're joining a stable. But if you can perform in that stable at some point, you know, you have a shot to play you know, in the NFL and, and do well for yourself, you
1: know. When we talk about that all the time, Is that competition makes you all better. And, you know, Donnie oh, Solinger oh, yeah. when, he, when he coached the running backs, he wanted five or six guys because he realized that someone's going to get dinged up or hurt, maybe even for the season. And, and that, you know, mm. there's certain kind oh, yeah. of running backs that do certain things that are better receivers you know better short yardage or whatever so right. you know having that competition taking a you know taking a play or two off so you can get ready for the big play later on helps all the way around but the competition is what really I think made all of you guys great because it really gave you the chance to realize that I can't take a playoff because that guy over there is going to take my job if I do
2: I mean the competition is so steep you got to think about it uh that year that me and Lamar committed Bryce Brown had decommitted
0: that's right.
2: He's never back in the country. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, that just lets you know. I mean, Miami's, yeah, it's a tough place to play, but you just got to come and You got to come and You got to – it's just what it is, you know? So, I mean, to go back on that, like I say, it's like that's – I mean, and me and Lamar knew that. You know, me and Lamar were four stars that year. Lamar was – I mean, and Coach Hurt, you know, and Coach Shannon, you know, they had talked to us. You know, they said, you know, we don't want to offer three backs. This is what it's going to be. They offered Bryce, me, and Lamar. We all three committed, of course. And um, when Bryce seen us commit, he decommitted. But that's the that's the. I mean, that just that embodies what happens at Miami. Like, listen, you either get eight, and that's just how it is.
1: What do What do you think now of the the transfer portal?
2: How is it now? I don't really. How is it now? Well, now you can basically
1: go wherever you want, and you don't have to sit out a year anymore. So uh, you know, there's like two thousand. Can
2: can the coaches still put a – a restriction
1: on your transfer? Nope. Yeah, there's wow. kids that are, there's there's like two thousand kids in the transfer portal that right now don't even have a team to go to. It's it's kind of crazy. Ah,
2: like free agency. It, it's very <laughs> <it's, it's laughs> like
1: much
0: like free agency. The problem is, is I mean,
1: free, it is, you really? kind of.
0: Except no. they're not getting picked up in free agency. They're not a getting problem. picked up. And then you know? there, there's no practice squad. Yeah, I mean, squad. you don't
2: have a gig. <laughs> and when you're a free agent in the league, you don't have a gig. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's just what it is. Same thing. Yeah, and, and, so and the, the competition is still, chasing chasing them so away. So within the transport portal, I got a question. Within the transport portal, do they still attend the school that they was previously at for S- academics?
1: Sometimes they will finish out a semester, but other um, than that, they're gone.
2: Wow. So, what does the NCAA say about the break between the educational period?
0: It seems to not be their problem.
2: <laughs> hey, the guys, they need to pay the guy. Well, pay me.
0: Well, they
2: they can't them
1: even them, get that man. part figured out yet. So, you know, don't yeah, don't don't give don't give mean, the NCAA yeah. any credit for any kind of intelligent, yeah. well, caring attitude towards the student athletes, past, present, or future.
2: Right. I agree. I mean, because I mean, their their biggest thing is about the student athlete. If you're not caring about the educational process between that kid, what what happens between well, there and the transfer partner and they're not at a institution being educated? Well, you know, well, I thought the most important thing is, you know, you education. Know, you know,
1: part of it is 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 because players felt that they should have the ability to do it, they created this. Um, and I think a lot of kids are going into it not understanding that just because they go on the portal doesn't mean some other team's gonna pick them up. And a lot of guys that go into the portal are going because they're afraid of competition or they, ha- they don't like the coach or there's a problem at the school. And, right. um, you know, if you're a coach from another program, you're going to go back and investigate, you know, what's the deal with this guy here? And then find out that maybe, you know, he's got a bag of dirty laundry that maybe you don't want to bring to your team. So, you right, know, right. We, we talked about it earlier. Competition is, is something you can't run from you know and you've got to learn to deal with it and if you deal with it properly you're going to be better for it and you're going to compete and a lot of players that went through Miami only needed one or two years to get to the next level okay they they when they, had the you, opportunity, mean, honestly, they took it they took it you know you,
2: that's all you need at Miami I mean that's at Miami my best year was my freshman year and my last year you know what I mean so that that's just what it is I mean and I, I you know I contemplated leaving you know but when you think about it and I'll tell you, any guy say try to go to another school and try to be as successful I don't I don't think you're gonna I don't think it's gonna be. I think here if you fight through the competition you will find a place somewhere and it'll be it'll be a better it'll be a better for you at the end. You, you know, know I,
1: I think that when a, a coach leaves a program, whether it's the coach that you're positioned or the head coach, and, and that was the guy that recruited you, I think that at least you should have an option to look at that opportunity. Um, but right. I think a lot of guys have gone into the portal for reasons that are not going to make them better players. Well,
0: well I, I mean, outside of maybe four or five guys, how many transfers do you know that have actually gone to another team and been
1: successful. Well, we, we've had some pretty good luck
0: with and some now, guys. Okay? Now we've had some. As we've had now recently luck with you know Jalen Phillips. Uh, though that was a little bit different of a situation. I mean, these are a little bit different situations than your normal guy. That's like ah, I don't want to compete here and anymore. We've, we've got oh, Rambo
1: at wide receiver now, now. That's coming from Oklahoma. That two right. years ago had a, you know an All American type season. Right. Last year wasn't quite as good, but you know if he d- it plays that well, you know he's going to be a great pickup for us. You know.
0: I, I just think the, the, the odds of tr- transferring and being successful are pretty low. Uh, 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 those, the, 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 the people that have transferred, most people do not succeed at their but next stop.
1: I, I was talking with someone today about a basketball player at the University of Miami that, that was pretty much the star of the team, didn't play last year because of injury or whatnot, but is transferred to another school. And we were talking about, you know, and, and you kind of talked about it going to Detroit. You go someplace where you don't know anybody, new city, Ooh. new teammates, new Man. coach when you were hmm. on the campus here at Miami you were the king it's like I, I you know that just seems like a, a lot to do for minimal reward I guess is what I'm saying yeah
2: yeah yeah to not I mean just the 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 uh the risk you know the risk the risk that yeah. you take you know you just don't know well, if it's and that's what we talked about you've got
1: 2,000 guys sitting in a portal right now that don't really have a place to go and the season starts you know basically practice starts in 30 days 35 days Yeah, hell, man.
2: (laughs) And let me tell you this: it's going to be on you faster than you think. Yeah, no, it's right there for sure. uh,
0: Mike, you know the other thing outside of your smile that pops in my head when I hear your name is that Georgia Tech game, Um, and and for whatever reason, it was all over Instagram the last like week on different hurricane, um, you know, uh, 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 um, uh, accounts and stuff. And I kept rewatching and rewatching. What do you remember from that game? I mean, you know, you went you went off. I mean, there was no stopping you whether it was running, whether it was catching screen passes. Ultimately, we win the game in overtime. You you score a walk-off essentially. What what do you remember about that game? Maybe something we don't know about outside of those touchdowns and those plays.
2: Man, you know what I remember? Us being going into the locker room and being so cuz we jumped out 19 or something like that on the right? And you know you jump out on Georgia Tech, you're supposed to, I mean, it's supposed to be a blowout. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because right, right they, they
0: can't come back.
2: And I remember us going into the locker room, and we were just so – and we were so mad. Like, I mean, we just couldn't – I mean, we couldn't control it. Like, we were just so mad because we could not believe that we was like, we don't know what happened. So, just going on to the second half, um, we just knew we had to put plays together. So, we just started putting plays together. Coach Fish, uh, Jeff Fish, I mean – I, and I can say in Miami, I've had I, I had two great offensive coordinators in Miami, Coach Whipple and Coach Fish, both being quarterback coaches and coming from the NFL and uh, being coordinators. And Coach Fish was just dialing it up. I mean, he was just they, they, Coach George Tate was running three four at a time, and every play he was just he was just dialing up through the air. Stephen was going off, Phillip was going off. I mean, he was just dialing it up. So I can just remember that. I mean, just everybody. Like, just feeling like we weren't going to lose. You know what I'm saying? It was like, even though we had jumped out and we got down, we were so upset. We came out, you know, Coach Fish like, everybody calm down, calm down. And I don't know if people remember that offense that year. We were scoring points. I mean, we was – Stephen was going I – mean, I mean, even that next week, we played against Mike Glennon in um, NC State, and him and Stephen had threw like 800 yards that game. So, they were going off. So, I mean, I just remember coaches keeping us calm, Coach Fish keeping us calm, and just never feeling like we was going to lose. I mean, then – you know, with that last drive, you know, it was getting, I was thinking like 20 seconds left on the clock. You know, we called the screen. Of course, I was glad he called my name. And going back in, and we just tell the defense, hey, we need to stop. We need to stop. We need to stop. Defense going down fourth and one. I think it was fourth and one and goal. Yep. Uh, fourth and goal. Yep. And they go out, boom, get a stop. I mean, and, you know, we just went out. I remember looking at Mo Hagens. I say, Mo, if we get a chance to run the ball, I'm going to put it in the box. <laughs> he was like, okay, all right. They called 15-week. Boom, uh, Bunch, Malcolm Bunch—they great, great fan call. I never forget. Malcolm Bunch, great fan call, great call. Just smart guys, real smart guys. Boom, they fanned out, they kicked out. Uh, everybody got their blocks. I seen the gap. I just hit the box. So I mean, it was twenty-five yarders, I mean,
1: touchdown, it was... victory for the Canes. And uh, we're all going was, crazy in the stands. Oh up my there. God! It was, yeah, it was it was crazy. crazy. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> I, I I'm glad you brought up one guy, in Stephen Morris. I've always thought he was—he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks um Man, to play yeah. at miami and i always thought he didn't get a fair shake in indianapolis either because he'd show up pre-season he'd, he'd play the best out of everyone up there and then for he whatever did. reason they'd sign some random quarterback in the offseason over yes. him right before the regular season what, what, what are your thoughts on steven because i i truly think he was one of the most overrated guys to come through here underrated, underrated. excuse me
2: underrated underrated definitely he was a baller. I mean I rocket for an arm. I mean I don't think if anybody knew when when um, Steven came from high school he came in you know he came in early and uh no if he came in early but he came in as a freshman and he would come in sometimes because Travis Benjamin was so fast that sometimes JaCore just couldn't get the ball to him. I mean he would outrun the ball. So I mean Stephen arm was so big. I mean literally coming in as a freshman just throw rockets down the field. To make sure we can get the timing down with Travis and things like that. So, I mean, that's that's what I can remember just from my years of being an older cat and coming in. And being like, man, this guy is, can throw the ball. I mean, so when he got older, and um, I remember when they had the ten win season. I mean, I, I think it was nine win, ten win season that year when they beat Florida. I mean, I wasn't surprised because Stephen was a leader. I mean, he always kept his composure, always a cool-headed kid, always had a big arm, and always he put the ball on the money. So. I mean, I think he was definitely one of the most underrated quarterbacks in Couple yeah. of Miami. And if he got a fast shake in the league, I think he'd be still playing right now.
0: What about that your transition to the league, uh, Mike? Like like we talked about earlier. You had a you had a solid career that was uh, derailed a little bit by injuries. You started out in Tampa yeah. and, and and you played well when you got into the game. What 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 was maybe the toughest part about transitioning um into the league or something that maybe you didn't expect?
2: Um uh, I, learning how to manage uh, my mental health, like learning how to manage the ups and downs of the NFL. Like uh, like you say, when I came into the my came my rookie year. I was playing amazing. I was balling. I was doing exactly what I want. Then I, you know, I got hurt and just going through the ups and downs of how brutal, how physical the NFL is. I mean, it's just it's not college. I mean, you're playing twenty games, COVID preseason. Now they're playing twenty one. I mean, and it's brutal. I mean, you you have to really you know, with, with, you know, withstand it all. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, I, I used to say the speed of the game and the physicality, but being mentally healthy, being able to understand that I can, hey, there's going to be ups and downs. There might be a year or two. If I'm going to play a 10-year career, there might be a year I don't play. There might be six games I may miss. There might be a season where I miss camp and then come out and have a great season because I miss camp and got healthy because I got hurt in the offseason. So just being mentally healthy is something that, I wish that I could go back and tell my younger self that uh I can uh be take more heed to and uh just put more stock in, you know. So um just being mentally healthy is something that, you know, that I think that was the biggest transition that I didn't, you know, realize that it would be from college to the NFL, you know.
0: And and obviously that transitioned into your 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 business ventures um and, and trying to help uh current players, you're also uh, give us a little bit. We won't take too much more of your time, but give us a little bit. You're also doing some um, uh, uh, real estate development um, as well. What? What? How did that start, and where is that? Because I don't think it's in Miami, if I'm not mistaken.
2: No, nah, it's, it's it's based in Atlanta, uh, Georgia. Um, I have a actually a, uh, my business partner. He, I know him my whole life. Uh, his name's Adam Burgess. Uh, he went to um, FAM uh, for engineering, FAM Youth Engineering. Uh, I partnered with him, also a professor at the University of Miami, uh, Taiwan Martin, senior uh, professor there. He uh, he uh, teaches in the uh, school of uh, the, uh, the school of education. So um, we're uh, we partnered together on this Mike Jane Real Estate Group, and we're doing real estate in the Atlanta area. Uh, we're buying and fixing and flipping homes. Uh, so it's been good. Um, it's been well, and just been another opportunity for me to try to uh, build generational you know, generational things for my children and um, help them have the best life they can and give them opportunities that I didn't have. So um, it's just another opportunity for me to do things and uh, be a part of and and hopefully help people in the Atlanta area get into nicer homes and, you know, make their dreams come true.
1: Now, is the real estate market in Atlanta as crazy as it is down here? I mean, the real estate
2: market is is, is crazy everywhere. I mean, um, you know, I mean, it's really good everywhere. It's kind of just... Depends on what you get in and do and kind of how you go about things and how you, you know, and, and who's doing deals and, you know, and where that comes from and, and what you have the money for. I mean, if you have millions of dollars to go in and buy, a, you know, a, a housing development and and now and develop that to what it needs to be, I mean, you could do that probably anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Warren Buffett and these moguls, you know, <laughs> these guys, they do that. You know, Michael James on the, the top of that sleep. list
1: now, you know. Lion's no, order going there, no, no,
2: no, no you know hopefully hopefully one day that i can um be at a, at a at a at a standard where i can now you know hopefully get a wing somewhere in the university of miami somewhere in that well, athletic they're they're, they're just somewhere. starting so a hopefully. capital
1: campaign so they they would like uh, yeah. your help they're trying to redo the locker rooms and Mark yeah man. Stadium I, I and Cobb Stadium and that, that yeah, you know I I've always said this thing. If I something had something if I had that kind of money, <laughs> it would be really great to be able to donate back to the University of Miami. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Now, do absolutely. you live in, where do you live now?
2: Oh, I, I live in Coral Gables.
1: Oh, well, you got to come by and visit yeah. me. We got to talk one of these days, okay? I,
2: I do, man. I got to come by and grab a couple of shirts for my boys, so I'll bring them by uh, probably next weekend. They'll come and see campus, and I'll bring them grab a couple shirts
1: and stuff. That'd be, it'd be really good to see. It's really great talking to you as well. Great. Uh, we really appreciate
0: that. Thank you, Mike. I, I do want to ask one more thing. You, you mentioned earlier that you see the, the trajectory of this program going up. Uh, why? What do you see? Just to close it out, give give Canes fans hope. Give Canes Kane, Kane, fans hope for 2021. Why Why is that?
2: Uh, we're starting off 1-0. and We beat Alabama All right. in the college football playoffs.
0: That's, that's the prediction.
2: Hey, what, I'm, I'm going to give you a score. Alabama score is going to be uh, 20 to 27, Miami. Okay. I like
1: that. Well, well, I mean, Michael, what I see is a team that's got better leadership. They've got depth, mm-hmm. which creates competition. And, and I think mm-hmm. you've got um, a new coaching or a couple of new coaches that are going to help uh, bring some stuff to the defense and offense. And, and I think that. Um, you know this team has worked really hard from what we've heard on the off season, and, and there, there's a togetherness and a bond, and, and I just think that some of the players that could have left last year coming back have helped, and I think that that Derek King has brought leadership to this oh, program yeah. that we he have not have seen a in a maturity level that we haven't seen in a very long time.
2: Man, I am so excited. It's being an offensive guy, uh, I am so excited uh, to see Mike Harley out there, to see King out there doing his thing. I am Mike Hardy's my favorite player on the team. <laughs> I mean, I just – I love the way he plays ball. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm so excited to see those guys coming back, you know, to give it another shot. And I think Mike, you know, you know
1: COVID, finally figured it out and realized ahead. that he's got to be a leader and, and he got to work hard. And, and you said it, you know, and the guys before you said it, it's work, 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 and work, work, uh, work harder. Man. You know?
2: And I see him working. I see him working, man. I follow him on Instagram. You know, I mean, I see him. Working, so I mean, I I think he's gonna have a big year. I mean, I think Kings gonna have a big year. I mean, I think this is gonna be one of those years to remember. I mean, even last year, I mean, they, they I mean they played very well. I mean, they played very well. You know, what I'm saying we had a couple injuries and things like that, end of the season, and you know, a couple mishaps. But I mean, I think this year is gonna be one to remember.
0: Well, I think on that note, we'll we let Mike. Can take it. We'll, we'll we'll take it and we'll let Mike 20. go. Twenty-seven twenty. We'll, we'll add that to our prediction. Twenty-seven
2: twenty. I'm telling you. <laughs> Watch, you guys will call me and be like,
1: "Hey, hey. Call me. yeah, I'm going to call you." because That's right. And say, can you give me six numbers for the lotto? i am going to give it to
0: you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mike, for your time. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, since you're in the Gables, hopefully we'll run into you sometime soon um sure. and uh best of luck in all of your uh business ventures and where can people follow you on social media what's the what are the best uh handles to follow you on
2: um just mike james is real easy to find Simple. all right uh, just my just my name you know, tell, tell your right partner rohan sure. we'll be
1: tracking him down to get him on one of these days too
2: man we we have to man we got to probably we'll, we'll get, we get all you guys time. to come in the right.
1: store and have a nice chat yeah
2: yeah, man, that'll you know what that'll that'll be something that we'll have to do, man. We'll have I, I a Lions a Order right
0: Radio now. Show. Yeah, it'll be the Lions yeah, Order episode. Man. Yeah,
2: absolutely, <laughs> absolutely.
0: All right, Mike, sure. thanks Let's so much. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Pleasure, man.
2: Thank you.
0: Okay, go Canes.
1: You know another another great interview, and, and you know Mike James Smile is just infectious, oh, isn't it? You know, man. I mean, what a great guy, though. And, and working hard, and and you know what he's been able to do. With the, the the medical marijuana and, and helping you know use that as a, a another way of overcoming some of the pains and injuries that you get playing the game, um, I think is really big and it's going to make a difference down the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I wasn't kidding when I said he's a trailblazer and and he's going to change the way marijuana is looked at um, for the league. He's already starting to do that and and ultimately. It's for the betterment of the players. Well, you, you, know? you see it I mean, in everything you, you, nowadays, you know, uh, whether you can, you can get some shampoo with it and, 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 yeah. and, and, you know, rub on your yeah, arm for pain yeah. and, and
1: stuff. So there's definitely a lot to be had there. And, of course, working with Rohan and, and his group is, awesome. is, is probably pretty cool. I mean, well.
0: it's so cool to have hurricanes from different generations doing business together. I mean, that that's just that's super cool. Um, no, it
1: really? I mean, it really is. The, and you know, like I said, you said a couple years. I mean, he's, you know, way down the, the thing. But it, it really is. Yeah shows you that there is a a networking um, environment as well as a brotherhood that you can create and and make things special happen, and and that's what's happening.
0: And you don't find that at any other, or maybe not any other university, but a lot of other universities. Well, we've been very
1: fortunate to interview a lot of guys and keep hearing it from the same one, and I, I know that we've all heard that a lot of other teams play from other teams are jealous of what oh, we have and, and, totally. and, and that's something that you know you don't see you know I was out at Paradise Camp last week and and uh, Coach Monroe was there and, and 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 you know to see the the number of guys that showed up and then to see them you know talking with one another and and, and stuff it was really kind of cool I mean I got to see Jalen Phillips I- interact with Calais Campbell and, yeah. and that kind of stuff so you see you talk about generational yep. guys talking about when they played, what they're doing. You know, you know, Jalen's now with the Dolphins and we're going to expect big things from him. But it really is. Um, we've been fortunate to interview a lot of these guys or see him in, in these events, the fishing tournament stuff. And you see him talk and, and carry on with one another. And we've heard about when they play against one another in the league. You know, it's always a cane thing and it goes way, way back.
0: No, it's a, it's amazing, and and like you said, we hear it from essentially every single interview we've ever done over the hundreds of interviews we've done over the last ten years. Harry, another good one in the books. We missed you, Brian, uh, but we know you'll you'll listen to the, um, to this podcast, uh, Canes Fam. Thank you all for joining us. We will have another excellent guest for you, I am sure, next week. Um, till then, stay tuned and go Canes.